We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trotting the Get Down, White Sox Dave and Kenny Carkeet. With you from the band, as always, is your boy Colin from Chicago, Illinois. Back from Milwaukee, we have Dave Williams. Dave, how are you, buddy? Chilling. And I have the best day of my entire life today. Why? Yes. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right, uh, fair enough. Pose my thoughts a little bit. All right, fair enough. Uh, the man who's always the best day of his life, Mr. Kenny Carkeet. Kenny, how is today for you? You know what, man? Same, same, same. This is probably going to be the best day of my life. It's still early. It's 11 a.m. on the West Coast, but I have a good feeling about today. Fair enough. And then back joining us as usually does Mr. Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports. Robbie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. It's actually funny that you guys said this because today's the best day of my life as well. We're all just yes, having the best guys. day of our lives. Oh, over my here. Yeah. God, dude. Best day of our life podcast. This is way more positive than last week because we recorded at like fucking one o'clock Eastern time and everybody was like, let's just fucking get this done. <laughs> this is nice, dude. Uh, boys, great to have everybody back in the building. A lot to talk about this week. Two great guests this week. We have producer, musician, engineer, all around badass, Mr. Colin Britton on the podcast today. Yeah, we talk about a lot. He's a friend of Kenny's. He's worked with everybody, literally everybody in the alt rock scene. He's killing it right now. We talk about him moving to Nashville from L.A., different industry cities, different things he's working on, and he's fully committed to helping Dave become a rock star, so we're excited about that. Uh, also, we have Catastro, a band from Phoenix, Arizona, on today talking about their new single, Great Dudes. They happen to have jinxed the Phoenix Suns losing the NBA title. Uh, they played the game three watch party and uh, in front of 15,000 people was their first show back. They're going back out on tour. But I said to him, cause we recorded this before the series was over. And I was like, do you feel like you guys might've jinxed him? He was like, Oh, absolutely. We fucking jinxed the shit out of that team. So uh, we have a lot to get into this week, boys. Great to have you guys back. Let's jump right into music news. Uh, a lot of shit dropped this week. Childish Gambino covered uh, Brittany Howard for her new remix album. Absolutely outstanding. Love Gambino. Brandy Carlisle's back with the new record. Leon Bridges just dropped an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. new album. The Leon Bridges album's fucking spectacular. James Blake is back. And then and someone we touched on a couple weeks ago when she dropped another new single. Lord dropped another new single. Has anybody heard this yet? Nope. Yeah, I mean, I, I put it on my, uh, we'll get to it later, what I'm currently listening to, but Stoned at the Nail Salon, it is a jam. Listen, I, I figured you two motherfuckers down at the bottom would love that title, Stoned at the Nail Salon. I <laughs> listened to it. it. Dude, I listened to it, and I, my exact same thought from the last single, Solar Power, I was like, this doesn't sound finished. I, I don't know. I, really? I, I just can't get into it. I don't know why I want to so Dude, badly. I just can't. I almost tweeted about the last two Lord songs today. I almost said they slap like Nate Diaz slaps. <laughs> New Lord songs are just awesome to me. I love the sound of them. And I'm not a Lord guy. Like, I, I know that Royal song, but I feel like I don't really know any Lord other than that. I've never seeked her out in my life. I don't know, man. I just, I'm trying to get into it. And I guess it's this new thing she's doing, but it just isn't hitting me. And I don't know why. And Kenny, lo Kenny loves dissenting opinion. I do love dissenting opinion. Uh, I haven't heard the newest one, but um, I, I mean, I'm a Lord fan. I'm, so I'm, she's like, she's like Billie Eilish senior. You know yes. what I mean? Just yeah. she, the way she came out with like minimal production, really quirky shit and like funny dance moves and stuff like that. So like, I give it to her. I give her big respect. I'm not like, like Robbie said, I don't really go out hunting for her music, but yeah, I'm, I'm into it. It's pretty amazing that we're talking about 
Billy Eilish Sr. and Lord's probably like 23 years old. <laughs> industry yeah. moves fast, son. Industry moves real fuck. Life comes at you fast, motherfuckers, especially in the music industry. But the number one thing we have to talk about, and this jumps into something from last week's episode, I made myself look like an asshole. I think that's where we're coming to here because I was heart set on the fact that Kanye was actually going to drop the album on time. I was 100% positive Yeezy season was upon us. And I was wrong. Dave, you and Dante were right. Uh, I mean, he's just a fucking asshole. And I'm <laughs> sure you're going to like go into how this is part of his genius. I think he's just a douche. I'm like, I got to listen to the album because I, I just assumed he dropped it. And that was a bad assumption. Like, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> Make your fucking music in and shut up. I don't right, care so- anymore. Right. Let's get into how it's genius at the same time. So the entire situation we're talking about here is uh, live on Apple Music on Thursday night. Kanye did an entire release party at the fucking Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. 70,000 people sold out. It's just him in the middle of a goddamn arena, head to toe, like red spandex with a mask on. It looked like a pair of pantyhose over his head. Kanye's Kanye. I don't know what to say. But he plays the entire new album. The features are unbelievable. A lot of people popped up. Vori, uh, Lil Dirk, Lil Baby, Jay-Z pops up with a verse that he recorded at 4 p.m. that day. But my number one takeaway when I listened to it, I was like, this doesn't sound finished because a lot of Kanye's verses sounded like he was just throwing car noises in there. He would just be mumbling through his verses and hit you with like a skirt, skirt. And I was like, oh, this isn't done. There's no way this is actually coming out. Why is it that all of the things you just said are all of the things that make me like him so much. <laughs> like, what a fuck face, dude. He's the worst, but you, also the best. You, like, sometimes bad is good, you know? <laughs> dude, Robbie, we talked about this in the Fleetwood Mac episode where I said, like, it's an interesting idea to kind of permit... They, they were touring rumors before rumors was finished to kind of get a read on what people were going to think about it. You know Kanye played this and then had somebody scouring Twitter for fucking notes on what he didn't do. And the real glaring omission to the entire album was the fact that there was literally no drums. It was just fucking organs and him babbling over the top of it. I don't know. Did anybody else happen to watch the live stream or was I the only one dumb enough to tune in? I saw little bits and pieces of it, but also didn't he at the end of it just leave? And never said a, never said a single word like that's so funny he sold out a fucking arena to play a cd and then <laughs> bounce without saying a word don't make me like him but he also apparently did he's it. doing it again too i yes, saw he, this morning that he might be doing another listening party at msg and we're all gonna watch it we're all yeah. gonna watch it and the funny thing is he was he was two hours late to his own listening party because he was working on the album in the bowels of the stadium and apparently is still living there like, no matter what you want to say about the guy, this is one of those things. And I say this all the time about Kanye. In 20... Dave, don't you dare roll your fucking eyes. Let I, me- I, I have to, but go ahead. Say your piece. We all need someone like Dave to keep us grounded in this kind of a situation because I will just run with it and tell you what the Kool-Aid tells me to think that this is the most genius thing of all time. But in the same way, it, like, I don't know. I want it just to be out. I want to be able to fucking listen to it. We'll see what happens when it does. But, like, the process of doing it this way is interesting. And and I I don't know. I'm still kind of crushed that it didn't come out because I look like a total dickhead. I don't think there really is a process. I think his ego is just so fucking big. It's as big as Mars that, like, he thinks he can get away with this shit. I think it probably isn't done. I think he probably did half-ass it. I probably think that, you know, there there is a million different people pulling from – different ropes on the album 
And I think this is the kind of product you get. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's just complete shit. I mean, it could be great. I'll give it, you know, I'll give it a handful of listens, but I think people are so like indoctrinated by him that they just, whatever he does, he could fucking slip on a banana peel crossing the street and people be like, oh my God, that was genius right there. That was, that was Kanye, Kanye is such a jolting personality, whether it's fake or not, which I think it's honest because he's kind of a weird guy, but his personality is so jarring that his personality is kind of his art. Like it's kind, you know what I mean? Like how fucking egotistical and shitty he is is like kind of part of the project. I well, just like. imagine if like back in the day, the Beatles had done this shit. Like the Beatles had gone and, and played <laughs> their music to everybody. It'd be like Van Halen not being drunk fuck faces. Okay. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind. I feel like it's kind of like, of course he's an asshole. Of like, do I want to, like, do I want to go see the Rolling Stones and Keith Richards isn't off his ass on black tar heroin? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one right, of those like, things. Like, would I be happy if Kanye was a nice guy? I don't know. You know what I mean? No, man. I mean, we'll leave it there. We're going to get back into the album eventually whenever it does drop or if it goes to MSG. And by the way, Robbie, if you're not on the ground outside of there, like interviewing <laughs> these fucking lunatics like me, like I would love to have been a man on the street to be able to go out to people and just hear what they had to say about the listening party. You would have got the most overhyped reactions about how it was the greatest album of all time. Like way overhyped. Yeah. Like the third book of the Bible or third yes. <laughs> of the Bible. See, I would rather have Dave go and interview people because Dave would be like, you guys are all fucking idiots. Like, I would. Know. I really would. In fact, if, they, if he decides to do something back in his home city, who, I mean, I would be there. There we go. Oh, wow. There you go. I mean, Kanye, it's on you now. It is on him. It is on him. Uh, now that I think about it, I'm a little offended he's not playing one of his little fucking, his little, what, what uh, swindles, I'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave thinks Kanye's a grifter, and I appreciate that because he's probably right. Uh, other than that, music news-wise, Robbie, we talked about this a little bit off-air, but you said you started the Paul McCartney documentary, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is tremendous. It's right up my alley, and it's so good that you said I started it. I didn't finish it. I could have finished it. I had plenty of time. I was like, I'm savoring this, and I'm going to watch it one episode at a time. I'm going to like make it last a couple of weeks because it is right up my alley. That is some willpower, man. Yeah, I can't do that with any TV show. Even if I've seen a TV show or documentary or something, then I, I have to go start to finish. See, yeah, I'll finished. watch 12 episodes in one sitting. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing that with the with the end of The Sopranos right now because I've watched the first five seasons of The Sopranos like six times, and I've never finished season six. So I'm doing like an episode a night and just going through and savoring it. And the fucked up thing is I know everybody who dies. Like it's all been spoiled for me. I just want to see how it goes out. But uh, other than that, the one thing I did bring up, Rolling Loud in Miami just happened yesterday. And absolutely electric atmosphere. Like if you got to watch any of it, Robbie was talking about they fucking had like WWE there. They had performances. They had like 10 stages. But what like what really blew my mind because I've never been to a hip hop festival. I always, I've played and been to a million fucking festivals, but I've never seen a straight up hip hop festival the energy was unbelievable and the crowd was fucking turnt but like everybody was doing backing tracks and everybody was just kind of like djing their own set it was it was kind of weird to watch you know when i saw lizzo i think it was like maybe the last concert i went to before the pandemic that was the big takeaway i saw and i like lizzo a lot like i think she's tremendous but the live show was lacking and it was because there was just a dj pressing play on her music and Lizzo was the only one we were watching, which was fine. But if she would have had a band, it would oh, have yeah. been one of the better shows I had been to in quite some time. And I, I feel like that's the case for 
a lot of people that are maybe new in in genre even like a drummer would add so much if you just had a drummer on stage with you like that would be an experience that would be a live crowd like you know it's it's more than just pressing play I have a hard time believing that Travis Barker didn't get an invite to play drums for everybody there because he's that's all he's doing. <laughs> Without question, he definitely did. I mean, get Tony Royster Jr. or someone like Jay-Z's drummer is the best drummer on earth. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a fucking monster. He played dude. on some AWOL shit. My, my brother got to soundtrack his kid at Yankee Stadium before a uh, Eminem Jay-Z show there. Yeah. He was a stagehand and everyone knew that he was a drummer. So they were like, Mickey, do you want to sound check his kit he was like yes yes <laughs> and he played on soul wars by awol nation go check it out it's fucking amazing little plug for kenny trying to get those streaming numbers up dude <laughs> more of a yeah right more of a fucking like i've never heard anybody play drums like that in my fucking life and the song's like kind of a heavy fast heavy synth rock song and like tony royster just fucking murdered it high as fuck smoking blunts all day and then doing 30 second note triplets like fuck man there was one great industry thing happened this weekend though so they live streamed the entire event right and Lil Uzi Vert was supposed to be the closing act on on last night and Rock Nation said that they're not allowed to live stream his set because there was new music in it and they didn't want to debut anything and the head of Rolling Loud tweeted out yo should we just say fuck rock nation and just do this and take the fine or whatever it is? He's like, yo, Jay-Z, I love you. But whoever the woman who runs rock nation is on some bullshit. So we're just going to do it. And apparently they live streamed the entire set and just said, fuck rock nation. That's wow. a bullshit, dude. You're fucking with like the head entertainment market there. Like, Dude, I love it. I fucking love it. And I'm here for all of it. That's fucking great. Well, and then the dude said, like, was like, yo, should we make a GoFundMe for the fine? And everybody was like, fuck you. You charge like $600 for a ticket. Pay it yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, all right. Balls right there. That's some huge balls, bro. Yeah. Huge balls. Watermelon balls right there. Yeah. <laughs> Watermelon balls. Watermelon balls, dude. All right. So we're going to go into our first interview here with Colin Britton. We're going to come out and do on the list, off list of what the fuck we've been listening to and then go into Catastro. So let's start it off with our interview with our new friend, Colin Britton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have songwriter, producer, musician, engineer, all-around badass, Mr. Colin Britton on the podcast. Colin, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. First question. My name is also Colin. How dare you come on my podcast with the same name, dude? Hey, wait. Are you one L or two L's? One L. The only right way. Uh, that's, <laughs> the only, that's the only way. Well, if it was two L's, then we'd have a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, we might as well just close the Zoom at that point. Yeah, You're Britain with two Ts, though. Britain with two Ts, yep. God damn. That, was, uh, that was my name. That was the given name. I know you were an L.A. guy for a while, and you just moved to Nashville. What was the point of the move? Are you, You're originally from Nashville? I'm from Tennessee, yeah. I'm, my family's from Nashville. Um, I've been in L.A. for like seven and a half years. And uh, I don't know. There was just like, I, you know, I've been... I'm not an LA native, so I don't have any family out there. Um, so me and my wife were just sort of like, this is, we got a lot of fun here. I'm st I still have a studio in LA, so I'm, I'm back and forth a lot. I was just there. I've been back there for like the last three months. Um, and I'm just kind of wanting to see what Nashville has to offer. It's like a totally different city than when I left it. And, uh, there's a lot of really dope shit that's popping up right now. So it's sort of like, um, a lot of the projects I've got going on, um, the people live in Nashville. And I was like, you know, it was a really good time to like sell my property. I've got property in LA and I, I just sold, sold it and sold my studio. 
I don't know if you've been back in Nashville long enough, but do, do you feel any of the like mass exodus? Because I'm sure you know and I know many, many people who have moved to Nashville in the last like two years from L.A. And I've heard right. things like it's getting swamped out a little bit down there. Does that do you feel any of that? I mean, it's like I've, I've literally just been here for like a couple of days. Um, so I, I can't say that I, I believe that because yet because like it's still considerably smaller than los angeles right you know like la's like still got so many i mean it's like you know five times the size of nashville still so everybody's like oh it's getting so much more swamped and stuff i'm like dude i don't know i've been in the middle of the swamp for like (laughs) right eight years so i feel like this is actually like a nice little like break Um, yeah 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 but you know it's that's the thing like i love big busy cities like that's the thing I, i love being in the mix of stuff i love the energy that you know bringing people like running into people on the street that you know and you know studios everywhere and like I, if you want to move to the suburbs and move to you know like get out of the city I, you can always do that anywhere but i personally believe that it's better for creativity to be like in the mix i agree with that 100 percent. now kenny that's a good point though because when i started going to nashville in 2015 I remember when I started going there, people were kind of giving me a side eye, like, God damn it, everybody's coming here. And now it's kind of like, you can't stop it. It's 2020. Well, it, it's like Austin is the new Nashville for some exactly. reason. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, I personally, dude, I like, I, I'm honestly was a little bit hesitant about coming here because I was just like, well, is it busy enough for me? Ooh. But, you know, like, for example, like the other night um, before I left, I was like, had a session, finished it up walked downstairs and my boy uh, Devin Taylor who plays drums for Justin Bieber he's like downstairs doing a project he's like dude I need a bass Can you want to play some bass you know and I just like oh sure I was gonna go home but all right I'm down so like I just walked into there and like wound up jumping on a song with him so it's like That's- there's always dope people in LA doing cool shit and I'm like I don't want to leave that because that's like part of my you know that's been like part of my thing is like be, you know, being so collaborative with people. And I mean, that's how Kenny and I met, you know, years ago at Feldman's. Like, it's just like people are all the time around. So I, I've yet to like ascertain whether or not this is going to work out long term. Yeah. But, um, you know, it seems to be cool so far. Well, yeah, I mean, it, if, if I could, if I could go quickly just into and what he was saying about Feldman in 20, fuck, it must have been 2013 or something like that. Um, I started working with John Feldman on on the used record and a bunch of other stuff. And then there was a couple other producers and programmers there. And Colin was one of them. And there were so many producers and programmers there that some were good, some weren't. But Colin immediately grabbed my attention with his skill set. I immediately asked him for all of his samples and shit. And I've just been a fan, you know, ever since. It's like in L.A., like he's saying, you run into people, you meet all these new people. And every once in a while you find one that you're like, oh, I fucking respect this fucking guy. He's super talented. And that's been my vibe with Colin ever since. I is appreciate the, that. Is yeah, the man. Feldman thing like a fucking songwriter's like camp out there? Like, does he just bring everybody in? Like, is that what it is? I think Feldman is like really good at um, finding young talent, I think. Because yeah. like, um, there's been a couple of his his dudes, like I'm one of them. And then, you know, there's like my friend Zach Savini. Yep. Um, he's just tearing up the world right now. Um, my friend Tommy English, you yep. know, he's had some serious hits the last couple of years. And so it's like, you know, even just like the three of us. Oh, and then my friend John London um, is more of a recent Feldman 
graduate, I guess you could call him, but, uh, you know, he's got a band that's really sick and like, he's doing some cool shit. And so, and then my friend Matt Pauling as well, like, there's just like, there's just like some really great talent that comes through his, his doors. I think he's just really good at like, he's super demanding and he's got a lot of, he's got kind of a factory over there, but like, you know, John's really talented and he's even more talented at picking out like, you know, people who are going to work out at a high level. I so, like yeah, how you I like I like how you phrase it as he's a recent Feldman graduate as if he runs a university over there. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of what it is. Like like while Feldman has a bit of a machine, a war machine going on over there. Yeah. I don't I mean, know any I don't know anybody who works harder than Feldman, you know, for whatever that means. But at the same time, of the 15 people, young up and coming talented people he has at one time, three or four of those people will go on to do big things. And so he's mm-hmm. got this cool launch platform. And I know many people, Colin, myself, Zach, Maddie, like all these people he's talking about who like have used that to double down and make great records. Yeah, and when, when I met Kenny, I, I was like, kind of like, I was like, oh shit, that's the dude who like, he's one of the guys who did Sale and AWOL Nation was, was popping. And I was just like a huge fan. And so, you know, Kenny, you, were, you weren't really like, you were like brought in as like a, a collaborator sort of thing i think feldman had a lot of respect for you and, and that way um and your songwriting and your programming and all that and production and all that i think that so like kenny i remember you being more of like a of a you had your thing with awol and you had your production career already kind of going for you at the time that i was there it was very much like this was like my ground floor entry level so i was just broad-eyed bushy-tailed like Wow, this is fucking sick. I remember like, you had your whole fucking desk. You had your whole desk and all of your speakers and equipment and outboard gear all in the living room of his fucking yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, let's go quickly through your kind of like how you got to where you are. Because you work with some giant fucking names. You work with Papa Roach, A Day to Remember, Five Seconds of Summer, Avicii, All Time Low, Dreamers, Dashboard Confessional. How the fuck did you get here? Like, of course, Feldman was yeah. a step, but like, when do you feel like you knew that you were breaking? When did you know that you were getting to where you were going? I still don't think I'm going, getting to where I'm going. I, I feel like I'm, I'm not where I, anywhere close to where I need to be right now. Um, I, I'm just like clawing at the bit still. Like I feel it's, you know, like, I don't know, dude, that's an interesting question. Cause it's just like you, if you, the second that you, you're like, I've made it, you're fucked. Yeah, yep. you're so fucked. It's just too. It's too competitive. Um, I I think that the second that I felt I felt like I was like like competing well um, was probably like 2016 because um, I did one OK Rocks album, which turned out great, and I was starting to work with All Time Low, and uh, I did the first Papa Roach album that we did with my friend Nick Furlong, who's phenomenally talented as well, and we those three kind of like back to back to back um i felt like i was like okay we're getting somewhere right you know what i mean like i'm getting somewhere you're on the right path and you know but like other than that like i haven't really felt like i've like you know because i I do have people come up to me and be like dude how did you you know like oh you've got so many credits and i'm like really like it doesn't feel like i've been doing it that long um but I don't know. I just you got to stay hungry. That's all I can say, really. Well, so. that, one of us in the chat here isn't hungry anymore because he's a diamond record. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Kenny, Kenny got the diamond. So Kenny's I'm full, no longer, baby. Yeah, Kenny's no longer he's hungry. Full. <laughs> 
Oh, and man. he's just like hanging out at his pool all day, just naked, just sunbathing. Sunbathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, I, I, yeah. I'm done working hard. Is my vibe. <laughs> yeah, Kenny's at his pool sunbathing while me and Dave feed him grapes. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's like the goal for everybody is to get to that point where people are feeding them grapes while they're sunbathing naked poolside. What is that for you though? Because you have worked with like the who's who of the current music landscape and, you know, alt rock and everything. What's like the pinnacle for you where you can finally say I have made it and nobody can take that for you and you won't be fucked? I mean, you know, there's like always milestones that you go for, like, you know, winning a Grammy is obviously amazing, but but that's very political. Yeah. So like so it doesn't necessarily mean you made the best music. It just means that these certain group of people thought that you made the best music this year, that year or whatever, like. I think that that if you look at milestones like that as as like you've made like I said if you if you have to love the process you know what I'm saying and I think Mike Myers said something like incredible I w- I'm paraphrasing here but he's basically like if you make it for somebody else you will always be disappointed yes um, if you make it for yourself then you will sometimes, or if you, or if you're, if you're looking for the result, you will, you'll always be disappointed. If you're looking for yourself, you'll be half the time disappointed. But then if you love the process and you just wake up to do it, to do it just because you love the process, you will never be disappointed. That's exactly so, what I fucking preach all the time. Man. Literally, That's exactly th- it, those yeah. are from Kenny's mouth. Like those are Kenny's if words. You're, if you're making music for your fucking streaming numbers, or you're making music for the fat fucking slob behind the desk who tells you you need a mid-tempo fucking song, you're not. You're going to be disappointed. You you're going to be I mean? chasing that dragon right. forever. You're, you're never mm-hmm. going to be satisfied. It's never going to happen. Yeah, and I think that that goes the same as, like, for, for accolades and all that. They're just like, you know, I've, I'm staying in my friend Ryan Hewitt's house right now while we're we're doing construction on our new property. In, in the East mixer? And, yeah, yeah, Ryan. Um, he mixed the like, anti-flag record I did. Thick, so great dude one of my a good friend of mine he's got like a i'm I'm like renting his house from him because he's in la right now and uh literally the dude's got like uh, a grammy just like sitting on the just chilling in the corner of his house like in the corner of my living room pretty baller and it's like not even like uh, it's not even like on display really it's just like it's just like on the shelf like you know and yeah. it's just that in and of itself is so humbling to me. I was just like, dude, this guy is so good that he literally has a Grammy sitting in the corner of his And he doesn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, can, I actually, can I actually say my theory on that? I think he put he, that was in his closet and he put that in there when you moved in just to like make you let you know where you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little dose of humble pie. Yeah. I think he's I think it's just like the the point is is that like if you were to take the Grammy away or whatever from anybody, it's it's like it doesn't really like make you fall in love with the process anymore. It's just a freaking thing. It's just like a trophy. Yeah. Um, if I could you know, say something too, it's like the, those the Grammy, like you said, it's just a political fucking thing, but going back to the accolades, Colin, it's like you having all these rock number ones. That's more important to For me sure. because oh, yeah. that speaks to the people and what people are listening to and what's working, not what some fuckers voted upon. So like all those number ones, that's, that's the goal. I think that it's not even, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie that every time that that happens for me, I feel great. And I'm like, damn, we did it again. Like, man, this is awesome. Like fucking cool. But then like, it doesn't really like make me love my process anymore. Mm. So, you know, I'm more excited about like this shit that I'm starting up this week, like on Thursday, 
you know, I just bought this awesome piano, like literally like 20 minutes ago. Um, and I'm like excited because they're going to go bring it and load it in and tune it up. And I could like a new piano so I can record this, this great record that's, that's coming up. Um, and I'm like super hyped about that. I'm going to Home Depot today to like get shit for my vocal booth and stuff like yeah, yeah. That, that's not even my process. That's just like preparing to do my process. And I'm more excited about that this than I am about, you know, that fucking number one or whatever. Like it just yeah. doesn't. It's, and I think that like if you don't have like I, if you don't like love your process like passionate like stupidly passionately then it's so hard so competitive that any like sane person would just be like fuck no I'm not doing that yeah like, I mean you you see people burn out all the time because they really don't love it. They just want to mm-hmm. be involved in the scene. They don't really love what they're doing. So enough times you get told no or punched in the face by the industry, and a lot of people will just tap out. I mean, some dude, I still have those days. Like yesterday, honestly, was one of those days. I had a, I had a, there was just a bunch of like bullshit. I was on the phone with my manager. It was just like a bunch of BS from different projects, you know, like whatever. I won't go into details, but different pride it was like one of those days where it was just like the universe was going nah not today not today you know what i mean everybody has those days and i was just like fuck man like i thought i was past this but then it, it makes you really eat some humble pie and you kind of go shit maybe i'm not like maybe maybe i can't ask for this or maybe it's like and then it makes you go well you go home and you're like well fuck at least i get to make music like at least i'm still getting paid to make music yeah and and then it and then it all kind of goes away the, the the songwriting producing community is so small that even if you don't know a producer, you kind of know what they're up to. That's just right. kind of the way that this world sure. works. And I think we've all known and I've heard that Colin has this mentality and it's so reassuring to hear you say these things because it's so important to me exactly what you're saying. It's like so much of that shit that people think matters doesn't fucking matter. It's all about loving the process and loving what you're creating and creating for yourself. And that's fucking great, man. I love and to it's hear funny, it. And it's funny you said that, too, about kind of like yesterday was a day where you were like, what the fuck? And then usually what happens for me, and I think this is a universal thing for a lot of people in a creative community. Davis includes you, too, with Barstool. Mm-hmm. Every bad day that I've ever had usually gets followed by a good one. And I think that's what, that's what keeps you going. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be able to take the ups and downs if you want to be in this kind of an industry. Absolutely, dude. And there's people, though, like like Kenny in particular... I mean, Kenny's one of the like most like bright souled persons I know. Like you've got, you always are just so stoked. Um, and that's what I fucking love about you. And that's what I love. Like even the music that you're putting out, like your own music you just put out the other day. It's just all, everything that you work on and everything that you're putting up and putting out the universe is just like, fuck, I'm stoked. Like You're the, and- you're the first person to ever admit that Kenny has a soul. I want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, so Kenny saying, has one. He doesn't like people to know he does, though. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's like it's like that energy. But like people, dude, people like completely get like, dude, the universe is rigged in a way that if you ask it for, you know, one thing, like one thing, very specifically over and over again, you will probably get that one thing. And that's to make in in our case, I think, is to to make music for a living and to like, you know millions of people around the world to change their lives with the music that we create in the same way that I'm sure that it was the same for Kenny and for you guys. But for me growing up hearing music and having that shit completely change my, my headspace and change my life. I think that like, if you ask the universe for that enough times and you really put the work into it, 
then you're going to get that. Um, it's just when you're asking for like, oh, I want freaking money and I want cars and I want like recognition and all these things that don't really like mean anything. It's just, it's not rigged that way. You're not going to, you're not going to get that exact same thing. Or maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get that. But if you, but if you get that, you'll realize that there's nothing behind it. Yes. There's a lot of people trying to take shortcuts to that end goal. And that's just not the way it works. And even with AWOL slow burn, you know, it's like, do you got to do your time? There is no shortcuts. You got to fucking do it. I love the, I love what you said about asking the universe for things. Cause I truly do believe in that. And Dave, this pertains to you. If you keep asking the universe to one day lose your virginity, dude, you're going to do it. I know one you day, will. one day, you're going to have sex. It'll get time, there, dude. I know it. It'll get there. Probably <laughs> oh, there's not. A lot, there's maybe. a lot of girls out there, you know, like one of them eventually. <laughs> Are any of them into five, seven internet bloggers? <laughs> <laughs> probably not oh my god real quick colin so, so back on on a musical track so you've worked a lot of established acts yep. who are some young artists that you're interested in working in or someone you're working with right now that is piquing your interest like unsigned or just like kind of like like or does it matter like, on the come up unsigned signed people that you're not a papa roach of the world not a fucking five seconds of summer like someone yeah. that you're on the come up with um so there's this kid, his name's Elijah Knoll. He's actually a friend of Kenny's as well. Um, dude. And I, I started, I liked him so much that I was like, dude, let's start a band together. Um, and this was like, well, this was like probably two years ago before um, he's since signed like a big deal with Universal. And um, I just met him and his attitude was so great. And his song, his top lining was so good. I was just like, so this, good. Kid is, this kid is going to be, he's a great singer. Um, and really, really talented lyricist and melody writer. And I was like, this kid has just got an attitude that's just so great. So we started this thing and it's, it's kind of his thing. Like I'm not in the band, like officially as far as like the pictures or anything like that, but it's our project and it's called American Teeth. And, um, that's kind of been like my, my probably like one passion project. We, we signed with Fearless Records last year and we're about to put out a record this year, um, in October, um, and probably that'd be the one thing that I've been like the most, you know, cause here's the thing. We're not just doing this, this artist project together, but we're also, you know, we're writing with five seconds of summer together. We're writing with, uh, we're doing stuff with this girl Royal and the serpent. Um, and honestly, he just comes in and he just writes like anything that I bring in. He'll he usually comes in and writes on or something that he's really excited about. And, um, he's, he's really been, and it's, again, it's like the positive attitude. Like he's such a positive dude and such a, a, a really nice person. And it just adds a lot to the creative process. So his name's Elijah Knoll, American Teeth. Go check him out. He's super sick. I'll absolutely back that. I've known Elijah for a long time. I've always been blown away by his attitude and his talent. And I've seen him for years find who he is musically and Colin, you nailed it. You guys found it and it's fucking great. And I'm here to watch it. I love it so much. You know, on, yeah, the, on the note of American teeth, this is more of like a personal ego question. I think in the grand scheme of things, would you rather have a successful career as a musician in a band or a successful career as a songwriter or producer? This is just literally like rockstar fantasy style. Like, would you rather yeah. be on stage or be in the studio? Well, I was, I was in a band for a long time. And um, I decided that that was just not really my path. Um, I would 100% rather be a producer and a songwriter, I think, because that's why guys like I think me and Kenny are are able to just like go and do this stuff really quickly. 
because you know it's like working out all the time like you you exercise those creative muscles all the time and i think if you're traveling a lot and you're doing the playing for people it's just you don't get that every single day and mm -hmm. um you know that's where we come in i think I mean, dude, you're doing an amazing job. Obviously, things are fucking taking off for you. Congratulations on absolutely everything you have going on. What's the next thing you have dropping? Like, is there something you want to plug or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'll go ahead and plug this. Um, so me and uh, my friend Nick Furlong did um, the new Papa Roach. Um, and that's coming out at the end of this month, I believe. I haven't. I don't know if they've officially released it. They can call me and yell at me if they, don't, if they want to. I'm <laughs> spilling the beans on something, but um, I think it's coming out, I want to say August 1st, something like that, but it's featuring my boy Swaco um, and my boy uh, Jason uh, Alon Butler from The Fever 333. Oh, I and love The Fever 333. Dude, this track is sick. It's called Swerve. It's so dope. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about it yet, but it's coming out okay. at the end of this month. But dude, it is so sick. And uh, the they shot the video for it. It's just like... Dude, it's such a vibe. So I can't wait for that one. Bro, everything you have going on is fucking amazing. We're really happy to have you here today. And I do have one more thing to ask of you. When we come sure. to Nashville, so we're turning Dave into a rock star. That's part of this whole video series. Okay. So Dave is actually playing a show with us. I'm the lead singer of a band called Foxtrot in the Get Down for 25,000 people in New Jersey. Right? Oh, Sick. he's rocking my shirt right now. Sick. I didn't know That's that. That's right. Uh, so Dave is playing his first show at an amphitheater in New Jersey, right? Amazing. So when we come to Nashville, one thing I want to work on is songwriting for Dave as well. So when we come to Nashville to film this shit, I need you to be a part of this. I would love that. All right. I would yeah. love that. Let's we do can, it. We can have you hone Dave's craft as a songwriter. Let's go. <laughs> Are we going to film the whole thing? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, okay. ne he needs to write songs about sports and drinking and barstool <laughs> and white socks and gambling. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my whole life. And no, I'm yeah, telling, picking up sixes at bars. Yeah, no, the song yeah. needs to be about Dave picking longing to lose his virginity. Picking up sixes Bro, is the name of the song. Picking up six. Picking up six. Sixes. That's a lyric. You know picking what? Sixes. That's Wait, that's like going to be the opening lyric of a song one day. That it will be like bread for me, and it'll be birth for me. Just wait. Picking up six, but I'll settle for a three. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. See, we're on it. Oh yep. my God, Dave's totally going home with it. Dave's going home with the six or two threes. It doesn't matter, one of the two. Hey man, <laughs> two threes, two three, two threes or two twos, dude. You know what? Three twos equals a six. That's what I'm saying. That's right. That's what I've always said. Holy shit! Yeah. Amen to that. We have Amen, the Reverend. beginning of Dave's song already, dude. We need to get to Nashville and get this started. Let's go. Oh I got the God. studio. I got the people. Let's go. All right, Colin Britton, he's a part of the team now. We're going to turn Dave into a fucking rock star. Dude, we can't thank you enough. Hopefully, Thanks we'll see you soon, me. all right? No problem. All right, brothers. Thanks, brother. Bye. Thanks, man. All right, so that's our new friend, Colin Britton. Go check everything American Teeth has going on now. Go check out all the albums that he's been working on. Kenny, once again, thank you for hooking it up as well. Yeah, man. Colin's a real one. Like I, like I always say about all the people I try to get on here, like – try to get the real ones on here and I love Colin and he's so fucking good at what he does. And like, I love that I was inspired by him at his earliest stage in his career. And then to watch him just fucking take off and have rock number ones, like, three or four number ones at rock. Like that's fucking massive, man. Good on Colin. My favorite part of the interview was when he was saying that he just moved to Nashville from LA. And I was like, how is that? Like what's going on there? Cause I'm an L I'm a Nashville guy. Kenny's an LA guy. And uh, he goes, 
man, I just hope it's busy enough for me. And I was like, I've never heard anybody ever say that Nashville's not busy enough for them, dude. It's fucking nuts. There's a difference between the industry cities, but I think he'll figure out that Nashville's pretty popping. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. So let's get into on the list, off the list. We'll go me, Dave, Robbie, Kenny. Uh, I'm going to start off. My on the list is NPR's tiny desk. The amount of joy that NPR's tiny desk has given me over the years and the raw nature of what they do is so fucking sick. Uh, Vince Staples, who we've been talking a lot about on this podcast, did his with Kenny Beats, who's an amazing producer who produced a lot of the last album and a full live band. And they did it from this like overlook in LA with like the beach in the background. And I love the fact that they've pivoted to do these kind of at home things. NPR tiny desk. Anybody have like a favorite NPR tiny desk? Uh, I love this. Great question. What'd you say? Susan Tedeschi. Oh yeah. That's a fucking amazing one. one. It's called Tedeschi trucks. Um, It's just, they're all awesome. The Mac Miller one's awesome. And Matt I don't even Miller's know, classic, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's like a layup, you know, posthumous one or posthumous, whatever you say. It. How do you say it? Yeah, posthumous. Posthumous. Yeah, I, the, the Anderson, Anderson Pack. That's my yeah, favorite one. Yeah, yeah. The Anderson Pack one's amazing. Our boy Chill Moody did it, and he's a fucking yeah. genius. He came on the podcast. He has a branded beer, like he has his own beer, and he put it up on the shelf on Bob Boylan's desk. So every time somebody goes on, you see his IPA sitting behind everybody. So. Smart. Shouts out Chill Moody. Dave, who's on your list? Uh, this week I got road trips on. It was so I nice. we were talking like prior to us recording. It was the first time I'd gone just on the road a little bit, even though Milwaukee's so close this weekend. You just stop, get a bunch of fucking shitty, disgusting, fake gas station food, hit the road, you know, blast some tunes, bullshit, and it's the best. You got the windows cranked. And Wisconsin's kind of, I went to Wisconsin, I went to Milwaukee. If I didn't say that already, I forget if I did. But, um, it's like the opposite of Illinois where uh, you can get fireworks like on everywhere. And I love blowing shit up. It's fun. And then uh, <laughs> they got, it's called the Mars cheese castle. It's right over the border and Wisconsin's like cheese country. And you go there and it's just spend 50 bucks. You get some of the best cheeses you'll ever eat. And so I stopped there on the way back in road trips. I missed being on the road, just cruising. Join yeah. the fucking club, dude. Me too. Just One of the best different... reasons music ever existed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, trip, Dave, man. you're on your way to the rock star shit because if you're ready to be on the road, now do that for uh, like two months straight and then talk. It's a very important very job, whoever's fucking DJing. And oh, yeah. After AWOL, I went to a band called Fitness and we did a 7,000, not even kidding, 7,000 miles in a minivan Jesus. and for over three weeks. And that playlist, those songs you put on, whether it's driving to a show or after driving at night, so important. It like is. the most important decision you may ever make in your entire life really is what is. song you put in when you're leaving the concert venue and driving to the next show. You know? it's, it's like it's honestly not too. I know it's it's like a fake scene and everything, but in in Tommy Boy when they're cruising and they're all like arguing over the music, that's real life though. Because if okay, you're in that sure. passenger seat, you have to be the perfect DJ for that situation. Like, if, like you, you got to know when to go from country to rock and rock to classic rock to alt rock to rap. And then there's the people who do it at the wrong time. Eric, our other guitar player, he is the all-time worst DJ in the fact that he always, when everybody else in the car is sleeping, he wants to put on Sayosin or some fucking death metal shit. And then Come when on, everybody man. is trying to stay awake, like fighting to stay awake, your eyes are dropping, you're on the fucking rumble strips, yeah. and he's putting on fucking uh, like the head in the Enya. heart. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just, yeah I was say Enya. It's like, and I'm just and I'm just sitting there like, dude, can you put the metal shit back on? He goes, Nah, I'm not in the mood. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> All right, Robbie, who's on your list? 
So I don't know how Kenny is going to feel about who's on my list this week <laughs> because I've got a musical artist that I feel like is maybe a little polarizing and she's someone that I really just discovered this week and it's Willow Smith. I think she just goes by Willow. Interesting. But man, she put out an album this past week and I listened to the whole thing front to back and it's got, you know, plenty of Travis Barker features which I know Kenny of loves. It does. And I was stunned at how much I liked it. I was like, God damn, this is like some pop punk, some alt rock, some industrial rock, uh, a lot of attitude. And overall, I, I was just stunned at how much I liked it. I dug into some of her older stuff. Doesn't sound anything like her current album. And it's also cool. So um, Willow Smith, just Willow on Spotify. I kind of dig her, man. I'm kind of into her. Right. I back your decision. I mean, I, I read an article that on one of her recent shows during whip my hair that i whip my hair back and forth which by the way is one of the dopest fucking songs ever she shaved her fucking head on stage while doing that song i mean how much more fucking hardcore can you get that's rock and roll that's what i'm saying i respect her big time i'm into it it is kind of weird though to look at the face of like rock and roll and it's like of a rich kid in a way like you know what i mean like have we reached the legacy act point of rock and roll where it's just like all right like Whatever. I, I mean, know. but that's so bad. I mean, we were talking about Jacob Dylan last yeah, week. Yeah, this is nothing shit. new. It's like nothing new. It's all the same. I will say I did listen to some of her shit, and it's well done. It's really yeah. well done. The jaded side of me is like, yeah, whatever, dude. But like, it's it's well done. I can't deny that. And the song with Avril Lavigne, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Anything to bring Skater Boy back, I'm fucking in for it, bro. Uh, Kenny, who is on your list? Kind of a random one. Um, I don't give a fuck about the olympics never really have i mean no you know i mean as i was a kid maybe i did but as i got older i'm just like i don't really care but this year skateboarding and surfing fucking finally we're talking about controversies with hammer throwers and fucking 10 meter synchronized fucking diving get fucked like skateboarding (laughs) is one of the biggest sports on earth so is fucking surfing and god damn it i am so happy that they are in the Olympics, it's about time. And it's uh, two 13-year-old girls won gold and silver at the fucking first ever skateboarding Olympics. And like Team USA is looking stacked for fucking surfing. And the like now I'm like hit a 1080 on a on a yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Oh, for and this- like and for the US, we got Nigel Huston, fucking like our boy. He like, lost. I know, I know, but like to watch him, we've watched him from the dreads going down to his ankles when he was like eight years old right yeah to being in the fucking olympics and crushing and being a billionaire basically anyway i'm just super stoked that like action sports are finally like getting a little worldwide respect in that way dude it's so global too like skateboarding is fucking huge especially in like japan and shit like yeah it's fucking america fuck yeah brazil yeah dude fucking everywhere i never got into skateboarding or anything personally but like to this day, I'll watch the X Games every every summer. Oh yeah, and it's, oh, yeah. it's fun as fuck to watch. Dude, do X yourself Games a favor. Some of the best like background TV you could yeah, ever. Oh yeah, definitely one hundred percent. TV, right? Dude, the 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 childhood years of like fucking Bucky Lassick and Bob yeah. Burnquist. Bob Burnquist with the all- with the sports goggles. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Dude, yeah. <laughs> video game on on N sixty four and then to Xbox and PS four and all that like. I got so into those video games that, like, I felt like I knew the fucking skateboarders. Like you said, Bob was Bucky LASIK and all that. Um, Tony Hawk just seems like an awesome dude. I'm all in. Kenny, I love that pick. Great pick. If there was one sport I wish I was good at besides golf, because I wish I was, like, an expert golfer, because that's just, like, a great adult skill to have, it'd be skateboarding. 
I would totally. When the people do the little kick up, get the board like that. This is why I surf now, though, because it's a little bit easier on my bones. Yeah, there's yeah, much there less of a risk of yeah, you dying. Fall into the water. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you have a negative encounter with a shark, it's not a shark attack yeah. anymore. It's a negative. I mean, encounter. to be fair, I've been held under for what seemed like 19 minutes before and scared for my life. But surfing is really fun. Fuck yeah! Uh, my off the list. This goes to Robbie and Kenny, and this is something I'm I'm afraid for Kenny's health. Let's just put I'll it give this you way. a fuck weed. You right now. Okay, hold on. So this isn't as much a off the list as it is a hot seat, and it's weed. So there was this, hold on, I'm just trying to help you, bro. There was like a, some fucking medical study done in Denmark that said they're finding a corollary between smoking massive amounts of weed and schizophrenia. They're finding like some, like, I know Kenny's rolling his eyes at me right now. Robbie's like go calling his doctor. But yeah, like some big medical thing came out from Denmark, which I don't know what they know. Fuck you, Denmark. That smoking massive amounts of weeds leads to schizophrenia. Kenny, any comments? I mean, I don't even know where to fucking start on that goddamn shit, man. Because, like, look at what alcohol can do. Look at what fucking pharmaceuticals can do. Look at what fucking GMO fucking food has done. Look at what, like, I mean, at some point it doesn't fucking matter. But, like, the health benefits, even just mentally... It, like, I, I just, I, I don't even know what to fucking say to that because, like, everything else is so much worse for you than fucking weed. Schizophrenia? Come on, man. Like, how many schizophrenics are they interviewing that they're like, all right, these people smoked X amount of weed and now they're fucking losing it? Come nah, on. They, I don't buy it. There was, buy no, it. there was no, like, metric on how much a substantial amount of weed was. Like, it was well, how much is a lot? I smoke a lot. Maybe I'm fucking schizophrenic. I don't know. That would make a you lot know of how sense. Maybe you could solve that, though, if you get a little anxious. Being like, oh, I'm schizophrenic, smoke some weed. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. There you go. There yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw that. That popped up in my timeline the other day, and I was like, well, I need Kenny and Robbie's opinion on this as weed lovers. And Dave, I don't know if 3G has any effects, but at least it doesn't turn you in, into an asshole like alcohol does. Yeah, it's true. I don't know that anybody's ever gotten high and then like fucking tried to fight people at a bar. I don't think it happens. No, like gotten that. Aggressive. It's never happened. Nah. Nobody gets high and goes and steals stuff, nobody gets high and does any of that shit. <laughs> Oh my I've done god! Really stupid things drunk before. I've never done stupid high other than like sit and melt my couch and eat too much like Mexican food. Yeah, man. Totally. Think about think about if the whole world smoked just a little bit of weed, how much more mellow shit would be. That's what I'm saying. Everybody would be schizophrenic. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, who is on or who's off your list? Fat shamers. I got oh, okay. Fat shamed a little bit this weekend, which is fine. I uh, consider it like positive reinforcement or, you know, motivation. Um, and I just, you know, point to the Peloton that is chilling over there and I say, hey, I got a Peloton. You're the fat one, asshole. Dave, well, you're uh, not, Dave, you're not fat. I, I, I actually, I want to ask Robbie this. Robbie, what would you say is the one thing that most people say is the worst part of working at Barstool? The one I thing that people say is the worst part but everybody puts, I mean, you can't because you can't gain an ounce if you got <laughs> yeah, paid a million dollars, but I couldn't if I tried. Everybody gets fat working at Barcelona. Oh, that. Yeah. At least. I saw the picture. Yeah, it has never been a concern for me. Yeah, Robbie, could you could you get fat? No, I tried really. I put on 40 pounds in high school because I was trying. I was like going to the gym, eating weight gainer. I was like do, doing my hardest because I wanted to be a pro wrestler. A whole story we'll get into another day. But <laughs> I, I had to really work at putting weight on. And then as soon as I stopped working at it, I just kept losing it. 
What champagne they, problems to not be able I to know, right? I'm not a fat shamer, but I do call people fat fucks, and it's mostly people <laughs> like Robbie just because it's obviously untrue and so fucking funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's nothing be better funny, than so calling call a skinny a person, fuck. you fat fuck. <laughs> Dave, I, I've never that would looked, make me laugh. I've never looked at Dave and been like, you fat piece of shit. That would not never. be the first. Yeah. Dave looks buff to me. The way to describe me, I would say, is just uh, out of shape. Okay, you know, I mean, to me, Dave. Like, cause I, like, I, I think I could run a mile faster than ninety-five percent of Barcelona. I could run a seven, seven or less minute mile. I can't even That's run crazy. a mile. I'd gas out before I got there. So, like, what does same. that fucking tell you? I mean, you and you and Bob are in the same boat. Maybe yeah, man, we could do okay. a baton handoff. We could yeah, each yeah, run yeah. half a mile against. If your Robbie opponent. and I did a relay. Yeah. Maybe get, just the finish line. Get the heaviest yeah. weed smokers at Barstool, and then everybody else will run, but you guys get a quarter-mile handoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, just so we don't have people keeling over. And uh, may, maybe we each have to, like, carry a joint like it's the Olympic torch and hand yeah, it off yeah, to yeah. Yes, the next yes. person. <laughs> I like oh, this. This is a good Barstool idea. event. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, who is off your list? So initially, I was thinking I would have kind of a chalk pick and throw Kanye off my list, even though I'm a Kanye fan, just because for the last week I've been going, this could be the return of the throne. And that's the only lyric from the whole album that I know. So it's the only thing that's stuck in my head. But I'm going to throw cockroaches off my list. Ooh. Cockroaches are my biggest fear, boys. This is like, wow. you know, take my man card, call me a pussy, do what you must. But bugs in general, crawlers, creepy critters, I hate them. I, don't I, absolutely like, hate I can't even same, watch same. Like, if I'm watching like planet earth or something. And exactly. Me neither. Spider, I'm turning it I off. Go, oh. I, eat, I either yeah. get my wife to kill the bug or mm -hmm. I get the vacuum with the long tube the and I try to suck that fucking thing up. You know what I mean? Dude, like I, I feel you, Robbie. My wife will literally wait for me to come home from the studio. Like if there's a spider in the house and she'll be like, yeah, there's a spider. You need to come home. And I'll be like, I'll be home in an hour, whatever. Girl. And it will still be there when I get home, like quarantined so in fucked. one area. It's so fucked I'm up. It with snakes, like snakes. If so long as it's snakes. not venomous and i know like it can't hurt me i will have no problem picking up a snake and like it's so fucked up that i'm from florida swampland and i can't do bugs or snakes nope spiders nope fuck that get the fuck out of here all right knowing this now knowing that all of you guys are with me on the bug thing i got into an uber to work this week and man i saw a cockroach on the ceiling of this <laughs> uber about two minutes into the ride two minutes into probably like a 20 25 minute ride well i i thought about it. i thought about just like like i was getting kidnapped or something like rolling out yeah. but i was just like oh my god what do i do what do i do so i like squirmed out of the way of it because it's above me and then i say to the driver i'm like uh sir i think there's a cockroach in your car <laughs> and without missing a beat he turned around like kind of looked at it looked down and he was like huh how long you live in jersey city <laughs> like, sure that doesn't solve my problem at all and then oh, as soon as i looked back i lost it and then i was oh, like oh my god yeah. i lost the cockroach now so Dude, now I'm like i would kids be in uh, like jurassic park you know i'm like turning Bro. around every corner like what the fuck my feet aren't touching the ground my feet aren't touching the ground I doesn't tell them this story because i'm still uh, afraid of this cockroach and then it comes up on the fucking seat next to me i swear to god oh. and i have video proof of this because i was like nobody's gonna believe this story so i whip my phone and i take a little video starts crawling towards me like we paid for an uber pool together we did not this was my <laughs> uber alone was uber X. and i just took a, a piece of paper out of my backpack i flinged it under the seat and i got out blocks away from from the office i walked about 10 <laughs> minutes to the rest of the way because it's like i can't do it but yeah that was that was my scary story of the week cockroaches off that's the horrifying i i'm glad you're still with us 
I'll shoot start? a cockroach with a gun before I touch one. <laughs> Whoa, hold on real quick. We did not bring this up. Did I, yo, this is a Barstool-related thing. Did you guys see the video of Sidney Wells shooting the fucking pigs out of the helicopter? Crazy. With a machine gun? Yeah. Holy like shit. <laughs> she was like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's that movie with uh, where they blow up the bridge in Florida? True Lies. It was like True Lies, baby. True Lies, yeah. yeah, yeah Dude, yeah, yeah. that was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. But there's a, there's a video... video. My, I was at my boy's house and I showed him that video and he was like, yo, you need to watch this. And Kenny, apparently in Florida, they have these giant iguana problems that are like overrunning Florida. So yeah, there's yeah. people on fan boats now going with fucking machine guns and gunning these things down. On they the side get of the river. paid per pelt like the fucking it's 1800s crazy, yeah. for anacondas, for those iguanas, for gators, like because it's all overrun. You can put a city in the swamp and it's still the fucking swamp. Like, you know what I mean? They, they had that. In Illinois a while back, because I got a bunch of friends from, like, bumfuck country, Illinois, and they would go out on weekends and they would just hunt coyotes because coyotes were overrun so bad that it was a problem. They were, like, killing everything, and they would get 100 bucks a pelt, like, walk away a couple grand a piece of yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad about that though, because coyotes are just big dogs. Like, I, I feel know. bad about that. Kinda, yeah. Not, like, they kill dogs. Fucking timber. Right. They do kill dogs, and it's they kind of a dogs. thing out here in California where like coyotes get into people's backyards and kill yeah. their dogs and cats and all that shit. Kind of often too out here. Oh, I'll gun I'll gun a coyote. Yeah, I'll punch one right in the fucking face. Yeah. We had a bear loose in my neighborhood last year. Like a oh, fucking cool. baby black bear. And they found it in like a fucking like like, like a big cinder block tube that they were using to build a tunnel or something like that. And he was just chilling in there. But my dog is like a big, he looks like a big black bear. So like we seen this thing and I'm like, dude, is that fucking Vinny? Did Vinny get out the backyard? <laughs> nah, nobody, nobody died. It was all good. Uh, Kenny, who's off your list? I didn't know Robbie was going to be here today. A, it's like, so I'm going to actually dedicate this one to my friend, Robbie. Um, off the list is my own friends, my own homies, dirty heads. Oh, you I put know. out a fucking song with Travis fucking Barker when your drummer Matty Ochoa is one of the dopest fucking drummers on goddamn earth, bro. Y'all are reaching. Knock it off. Like, let's fucking go. Come on, man. Dirty heads, bro. I love you guys to death. You guys are my homeboys. What the fuck, man? At what point do we hit oversaturation where it's like you two featuring Travis Barker? Travis Barker is like, the new Dave Grohl. You know what I mean? Who is the new Bono? Like, it's just, it's like the this lineage. It's fucked up. You got to admit, though, I don't like it, but Travis Barker must be caking right now. He must just oh, be. Sure. Oh, I, I'm sure. And, and I'm also sure that, like, Dirty Heads didn't even meet Travis. Somebody sent him the song. He fucking recorded it at a different studio and sent it back. It's in the song. Now it's a release. It's a whole thing. You're like, Fuck man. Who would be the most random person for Travis Barker? Like Tony Bennett featuring Travis Barker would be fucking <laughs> featuring Travis Barker. That might yeah. happen. But I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, like well, we're still trying to get him for pop punk. We might write a song like "Why well, Won't Travis Barker Feature on Our Stuff." <laughs> that's dude, that's all. That's what I'm talking about. That'd be that's great. A but good it's like, idea. but like, okay, with Travis Barker, just real quick, it's like I'd love to see because he plays with hip hop people. There's this new immersion of rap meets pop punk kind of thing happening right which is kind of dope and i'm I, I get the new genre melding but like travis barker with the fucking triplet hi-hats and the fucking like over tom satch like play a hip-hop beat give me a tony royster beat like maybe like like uh uh help the the genre of the song instead of just the same fucking travis barker it's like oh it's featuring travis barker cool it's a piccolo snare and triplet hi-hats like i'm telling you 
there needs to be a new section on Spotify called not featuring Travis Barker. It would, be, <laughs> it would be smaller than the rest of the playlist. So either way, good for Travis Barker. Bro, Travis money. Barker featured on every fucking song on earth and dating Courtney Kardashian. Homeboy is just making a yeah. return. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's got the he's charging like crazy money for his features or no? Nah. I don't I think mean that- he's definitely I mean it depends on who it is, but I would say he, he, he like with somebody like Dirty Heads, he's probably just getting like a good portion of the writing, even though the song's already written, right? Plus production, plus master, plus like deal points. Plus the labels paying for all these features at the end of the day. Like, you know, it's yeah. like Columbia is paying for these features. Like, I, you know, it's no skin off anybody's back and Travis Barker's is making money. So, all right, that was on the list, off the list. Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to before we get into Catastro. My what the fuck I've been listening to this week is Warren Zevon, no specific songs. Warren Zevon, I tweeted this out the other day and I got a lot of responses back, is one of the most underrated American songwriters of all fucking time. And it's, it's the, the, of course, the classic fucking werewolves in London and lawyers, guns and money. Yeah. And then the saddest song of all time, Keep Me in Your Heart a While. Shout out to Warren Zevon, dude. By the way, worked with Bruce Springsteen early on. Bruce wrote a lot of his early stuff together. And there's a song on Bruce's new album that was actually a song he co-wrote with Warren Zevon that he redid in 2021. So shout the fuck out to Warren Zevon, dude. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to on your road trip playlist? I uh, fired up Turnpike Troubadour. I never really got into them, and I know I'm like totally Johnny come lately with them, but for someone who doesn't really like country music, I know they're not technically country, but they're like country-ish. Like, they're fucking awesome. Uh, Good Lord, Lori. Like, that song will be stuck in my head for the next, like, two months. And it's perfect in the summer, especially with Milwaukee, uh, Miller Park, or whatever they call it now. It's an awesome tailgate scene. We are blasting a bunch of country music, which is a perfect country music setting, I think. And I'm like, these guys are fucking great. They're great. Did you wear the cowboy hat? I did not. No, you can only bust that on special occasions. (laughs) Weddings, funerals, and bar mitzvahs. Dave's there with the cowboy hat on, dude. All right. uh, Robbie, what the fuck have you been listening to? I had prepared the two new Lord songs, but since we talked about those a little bit, I'll pivot this and say the other night, me and my girlfriend had like a chill night. We were hanging out and I put on just Otis Redding, which I had never really done before. I put on like, this is Otis Redding on Spotify. We listened to that for two hours. You could listen to that for two fucking days, baby. It was two hours of the most enjoyable chill music. Every single song fit the tone of the night, the tone of the evening. Oh my God, I will be doing that way more often. Talk about smoking music. I, t- I, told, I told you guys like a week or two ago that I was blown away a couple of years ago to find out that the Black Crows did not write Hey Little Hard thing. to Handle. Right? Hard to Handle. Yeah. Fucking Otis ready. And Otis's version? Are you fucking kidding me? It's great. Like, it's hey, amazing. I'm so, fuck, man. It's, it's so, so sick if you go back and listen to a lot of his shit because he was in that phase in the music industry where everybody was just covering everything and it was basically like standards. Go listen to his version of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. It's fucking yeah. incredible. Not to mention, he's popping up in all these hip-hop samples now. Of course, Kanye sampled uh, Try a Little Tenderness for Otis, but Coffee and Cigarettes, one of my fucking favorite songs of all time, literally makes me want to sit at my kitchen table and smoke fucking Marlboro Reds and, and drink black coffee. Sampled by Travis Scott and Quavo. Long live the memory of fucking Otis Redding. Not to mention, he died super young. Super young before he ever really hit his pinnacle or got to see the returns on what he did. Sitting on a dock by the bay came out six months after Otis Redding died. I didn't know that. That's fucking crazy. You know, he does crazy. a shockingly, I mean, not shockingly, because obviously everyone knows she's so talented, but an amazing cover of that is Sarah Bareilles. Going to the Sarah Bareilles Spotify. 
oh my god her sitting on the dock of the bay is tremendous i would Somebody plays drums for her i would love to have her on the podcast she's fucking awesome she has a really cool she's she's amazing email as we were recording i don't know if you guys saw that what black pumas got back to us oh i saw that yeah we'll we'll edit this out black pumas are going to come on in october and november i, I was going to leave i was going to say leave it in boy we can take it out yeah uh, fuck it <laughs> now we'll put the pressure I mean, on them hey they said revisit back in october or whatever which we will be doing that'd Sounds be a good. fucking score they're fucking so good we do have some guests coming up too and we'll get into that but kenny what the fuck have you been listening to you know me man i'm like robbie i take it back i uh I went deep the other day on uh, Huey Lewis and the fucking news. Let's go. And I was watching Back to the Future, right? There's no better 80s fucking cocaine-fueled raging band (laughs) like Huey Lewis. Dun, dun, don't need money. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's heavy metal, son. It's heavier than Slayer. It's the best. I've seen them. They they do, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're still doing it, but like six, eight years ago, they would do like festivals, like the bigger festivals in Chicago. There's yeah. one called Rib Fest, and they would come out for that. They're good. They're great. They're the best, man. Oh, yeah. my God. Give me some fucking 80s coke fuel bullshit tour. Give me Huey Lewis in the news. Give me fucking uh, fucking uh, Hall & Oates. Give me that shit. I'll go there with all the dads. Me and the dads will be getting rowdy. We'll be fucking I'll smoking. wear cargo khaki shorts with a web belt and a tucked-in <laughs> polo, and I will fucking rage, son. Dog, we're fucking getting ready for that show with Jane's Addiction and fucking cheap trick all the dad bands me and ken our whole conversation last week was how do we get the dads going what do we do to get the fucking coke field dads to get out on the lawn and start partying just like whip their heads around i so, I, I think the opening chords of uh you shook me all night long <laughs> yep. just trigger something in dads well this is another conversation we need to have uh so now we're in preparation fully episode two of the of the video series is getting done where i'm talking to the band about what it is that we're gonna have dave play at this fucking show And we need to figure out what cover we're going to have Dave play. And Highway to Hell was one of the suggestions. We were like, what has three fucking chords and we'll just have Dave go out there and rage? I'm on a highway to hell. Dude, you shook me all night long might be the move. Like, we can get as corny as possible. Let's do some journey. Let's do some fucking foreigner. Some of these are not easy. Those journey (laughs) melodies are so fucking Yeah, journey is not going to be super easy. Yeah, hang on. Let me just cover Steve fucking Perry. (laughs) We have Erica. We have Erica to sing. Erica can sing anything. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's better if he plays like a Jewel song or something. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, any opinion here? Because we need to get into this. Hold on. I'm trying. Jewel would be funny. Jewel would be great. And I'm an acoustic and familiar. Now, hold on a second, though. We need to consider the crowd we are playing oh, to. Course, this is Coke-fueled dads. We need dad. Oh, wait. Are we trying to impress the crowd, or are we trying to do a joke? I think they <laughs> impress know the joke, right? Right. That's what that I right, 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 right. Punish, like your band's name or anything. There's nothing you could do to do that, Dave. You're already on stage. It's fucking sick as it is. Personally, I mean, I've been- fuck, though. Maybe it should be Huey Lewis. Dun, dun, don't need money. Like, the whole crowd would get into that, and it's funny. So my big thing is, it's a win-win for me in this situation because the content's going to be fucking electric regardless. You guys People- are going to be kind of play your instruments like during it, and you're going to be like pissing yourself in laughter, and it's just going to be a shit show. Bro, you're going to see when I go on stage, my eyes roll in the back of my head. I become a different human being. So I'm fine either way. But 
I just, no matter what here, I win because it's either Dave fucks up miserably and the content is electric or Dave fucking slays. He's legendary. And the and content is electric. electric. There's no wrong answers here, Dave. So I'm just interested. We need to pick a song soon so we can really start getting cracking on this shit. I've been working on a few. I, I didn't touch it this weekend. Oh, it's in my bedroom. I moved it. But um, he's been having sex with it. I've, I've been fucking with. So we'll we'll narrow the list down and uh, we'll pick it I don't know, next couple of weeks. I How mean, about a little Hollywood Nights by Bob Seger? That's I mean, that's my casino song. Every so my dad and I we <laughs> go to the casino every single Thanksgiving day and then Christmas day. It's like a tradition. And um, we play Hollywood Nights because the first when I was 21, the first year we started doing that, um, we both won like bit so we're like oh that's the fucking good luck song i don't think we've won since but we'll keep running that song in ground so i'll do that well regardless we're going to come to a decision soon because that deadline is creeping the fuck up so we're going to get to cracking on that uh like i said episode two will be rolling out soon on top of that we have a couple big guests coming up not to mention the fact that robbie we have to get our second episode of the classic album reviews done we got houses of the holy by led zeppelin coming up so we're going to get that done soon but we have luke dick who is one of my favorite songwriters on God's green fucking earth coming on the podcast. We're doing that interview on Thursday. He wrote Bluebird by Miranda Lambert, which is one of my favorite fucking songs. He got nominated for Song of the Year at the Grammys last year. Uh, he also wrote a lot of Eric Church's new album. He also has a fucking alt band called Hey Steve. They used to be called Republican Hair. He did a lot of shit with Patrick Carney from the Black Keys, of course, Kenny's best friend. Um, but... This dude is a fucking monster, and he just put out a fucking... It's like a documentary about his mom's life last year called Red Dog. I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but it's fucking awesome. Go check that out online. It's somewhere. But we have a lot of great guests coming up. Uh, we do have Catastro coming up as well. Boys, anything else this week? Let's... Uh, Nothing on me, baby. Five days of our lives coming up leading into the weekend. How's that? Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to look at life. Yeah, just burn these next five days to get to the weekend. Oh, Dave, by the way, you said it was going to be the best day of your life. Does that have to do with the White Sox? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. All right, that's weird. Like my only, they're like the only thing I actually care about. <laughs> my dog's ripping ass too, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> love it dude robbie thank you for coming back as always like i said we're gonna set a date for the this week early next week to record the fucking zeppelin episode anything you have going on this week no nope. uh you want to <laughs> do, do, do you want to say anything about conor mcgregor snapping his leg yeah this shit happens you know he's comes he's coming back with the bionic leg next time and he'll knock him out in the first round do you, do you think, think he's he gonna fight jake paul no i hope it's I so hope it's so fucking typical though it's it's like from from Jake Paul. Hey Connor, you just broke your leg. Want to fight? Like, yep. are you fucking kidding me, bro? Oh, also not in a UFC ring. Like, I fucking hate those goddamn brothers, man. Who is he fighting? Isn't he fighting like Tyron Woodley or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's could gonna knock him out. Maybe he's gonna get his fucking ass beat. He knows what he's doing a little bit. Yeah, like, Rob. What What do you think would happen between him and Biz? Uh, do you know Biz well? Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, we're not like friends, but I, you know, we've hung out a few times. Um, he's got, I think Jake Paul fight. would probably beat him. I mean, if like, I hate to say it, like if we can make this fight happen, I'll get business corner and sell the fight. But like oh, Jake yeah. Paul's been training to box for like four years. I think the guy who is a boxer would be a better boxer. One thing you can say about biz, no matter what though, he's a businessman. He's a smart businessman. Yeah. Oh yes, he is. And he's got a fucking, I'm sure his jaw is made of concrete. So I, I don't think he's going to like knock him the fuck out, but it'd be an interesting fight to see. Be good for, good for everybody involved. Loose cannon, Gene. So yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, boys, another great episode. We'll get back to everybody next week. Let's go into our pick of the week with Catastro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, we got a man from a band who just released a new album called Sucker, and he's here to talk about their new single, The Way I Feel. Coming right out of Arizona, we got Ryan from Catastro. How we doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Uh, first off, I just have a question because I know you're from the Phoenix area. You guys all are. Sons and Seven, or yeah. are you guys just giving up? <laughs> no, we're never giving up. It's going to be Sons and Seven for sure. I'm about to have a heart attack. We're in our recording studio right now, but I told everybody we got to be out of here by like 4.30 because there's no way we're missing this game. Um, dude, yeah, it's just it's been a, a roller coaster because things were so looking amazing at first, but uh, I, I, we still have faith. I want nothing more than to see you guys win because I don't want an Eastern Conference team to win. I'm a diehard Sixers fan. I yeah. love Devin Booker. I'm very jealous of the Devin Booker situation you guys have. But God damn it, can we just give Chris Paul something? He's been so good for so long. Dude, <laughs> I know. I know, man. And we got a, what's the ref's name? We, he's on tonight, oh, the one that always God. fucks the with The same Paul. dude every single Scott, time. Uh, Scott yeah, Foster. He, he's the one. Yeah, Scott Foster. So he's on tonight, and I'm like, we're fucked. But we still got faith, man. Um, the Suns actually invited us out, and we played the uh, rally like last week for the finals uh, for game three. So they do the rallies inside the stadium since it's like 115 degrees out here. And we got to play some of these new tracks off this album in front of like 15,000 people in our home state. It was dope. But at the same time, you guys did lose that game. So do you feel personally <laughs> responsible? Well, yeah, I'm thinking maybe we cursed it. We brought it like bad energy into the crowd and then they've just been holding on to that for the last three games, but we'll see. So note to everybody, if your team has any chance of winning the NBA finals, don't ever play a catastrophe song or you're fucked. Yeah, don't fucking call us. We'll ruin it for sure. <laughs> oh my God, dude. First off, we're going to get into the song the way I feel soon. But first of all, I just want to say, this song is one of those songs that you listen to it and it just feels fucking amazing. It's such a lovely song. And then you listen to the lyrics and it's completely not. Can you explain how yeah. this song got made? Yeah, I mean, that's really exactly it. Like we, our last two albums like got really dark and super like minor. We talked a lot about like drug addiction and shit that we were going through in the past and bad relationships and just like bouncing around through weird fucking times. And uh, we were on tour in 2020 and then it got canceled, you know, because COVID. And so we went home and we're like, what do we do? So we started writing and it just didn't feel right, right to keep writing like super dark uh, music because everything just felt weird as it was. Like we, nobody needs that right now. You know what I mean? So we kind of put it, uh, we wanted to make something a little more positive, a little more upbeat and just have that cool vibe. And so we made that one and we were trying to come up with lyrics, but we, we were doing two positive lyrics over it. We just like hated the fucking song. And once we got like that first line, like, I just want to let you know your attitude is fucking whack. It just uh, kind of set the mood for the whole thing. Bro, when you're coming into that, I'm like, oh, man, this is beach music. This is good time music. This is vibe music. And the first lyric is, I just want to let you know your attitude is fucking whack. And I'm like, where are we going here? The shit is yeah, man. awesome, though. And I, I do have a question because I really like the way you put that. A lot of the bands that we talk to, we always cover, like, what has the last year been like for you? And to hear that you yeah. guys, like, took the time to kind of adjust that you were, what you were doing, like, was it a conscious decision to make something different going into quarantine? Dude, 100%. Because like I said, like, our last stuff just got so introspective and, like, bad. You know, it was just, like, it was just all about, like, bad things that were happening, like, drugs, women, this, like, crazy, like, chaos 
and bad nights and shit. And so if everybody in the world was feeling bad all the time and because of COVID, it's just like, no, we knew, I mean, this was like, we started writing this one, you know, in like March of 2020. We all thought it was going to be like two months. Yeah. We didn't know how long it was going to be. And then like, you keep seeing it getting weirder and scarier and like grocery stores are getting like ransacked for toilet paper. You're like, what the fuck's going on out here? So we was just like, it didn't feel right. Like we'd come up with these like super dark thick and like beats and shit go over. And it just like felt too like overbearing with like how everything else was going like we'd leave the studio writing that and then go home and it's just bad out there too and it's like what is going on so we're just like dude we need to do something upbeat more fun play to our scene like our fans are always been in that reggae scene and we've always been like the weird outsiders in there so we're like let's do our still our style and still have like our lyrical content but like let's make people feel good at the same time what do you guys consider yourself? And we always appreciate talking to bands that, that have a lot of different influence that they, they have in their music. And you do get the reggae thing, you get the hip hop thing, but like, what would you call your style of music? I don't know, man. It's really hard. Like we really, we change our sound a lot, every album that we do. So we've had albums that are straight alt rock and we have some that are just straight more like hip hop, all program stuff. And like, we do it all ourselves, but we're really just like a, a mixture of all of our different musical backgrounds. Like our drummers was really into punk and stuff when we started the band. And I was into like R&B and jazz and stuff. Our singer was just a rapper and our guitarist was like classic rock. So we kind of came in and we were just doing like these funk live hip hop stuff was like the whole goal was like be the backing band for the rapper. And when we started writing our own music and stuff, it just, this is the sound we have. So I tell people like alt rock, but with some hip hop and like funk stuff in there, but. It's not, it's not like one specific thing. Bro, we had, um, we had Revolution on. And that oh, was yeah. like the first thing we, he, he was like trying to tell us. Eric from Revolution was like, because Dave, our other co-host, is a huge reggae guy. Huge reggae guy. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, I love the reggae shit, blah, blah, blah. And Eric was like, well, I mean, we're not just reggae. Like, people always want to say that. But it's fun for me to watch bands experiment and do different things. I know personally, we always do something different every single song, let alone record. But like, yeah, for sure. Like touring in that reggae scene, because I know you guys are going on the road with denim and sideways and bands like that. Like, is it weird to go to these reggae shows sometimes and like not be completely that? Oh, my God, dude. We um, one time we played a festival in Humboldt and it was like it's called Reggae on the River or something. Mm. And it's just straight up full, like 100 percent wooks out there. (laughs) Um, It's like very grimy. uh, Lots of people with hula hoops and stuff. And uh, it was like all roots musicians and us. And we were like, what are we doing here? We went on stage and it was so bad, man. It was just like, like everybody just stood in the back with their arms crossed. Like I can't hula hoop to this. Like, I don't know. It was so weird. Like we definitely have those situations where we play certain crowds and it's just not the same. Like we do well with like the dirty heads yeah. with Rome and those kinds of guys. Um, but there are some where, I mean, and we know it, we don't try to like say we are what we aren't, you know? Um, but yeah, that's for sure. It happens and it can be pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> Bro, our, we had a huge show that got canceled because of quarantine. And uh, <laughs> the lineup was fucking disturbed. The Who, who were like these huge, like Nordic throat singers, like death metal throat singers. Dude, I, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then like Royal Blood, who I love and we actually kind of fit with. And then like us. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, this is cool, but like people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this pussy bullshit?" Like, I love, I kind of love that feeling. Of yeah, the black sheep in the, in a lineup, and it seems like you guys might have to deal with that from time to time. Oh yeah, dude, it happens a lot. Um, 
I mean, a lot of the time we don't try to go after those kinds of tumors because we know it's not really going to be beneficial for them and for us, you know. Um, but there's been a ton of those situations. Luckily, we're usually the harder ones there. And like, mm-hmm. we're, we're never the, uh, the, like, I don't know, like if we open up for disturbed, it would be the weirdest fucking feeling in the world. Dude, but I, that, that's kind of with our sound. I was just saying like with our sound, since we do so many different styles, like we've done full rap shows. Like we open up for like uh, Meth Man, Red Man and shit. And like, what? we'll just do a more hip hop oriented set. Or we'll do like, um, we opened up for, uh, I think it was KG Elephant and Young the Giant. And we did more of our alt-rock songs on that set. We just kind of like, we can kind of move our sound around. Bro, that's so funny you mentioned KG Elephant because the way I feel the beginning of the song, the like the boppy synth or whatever the fuck that is that's going in the beginning, reminded yeah. me of a KG Elephant song. That's so, yeah, we, we love those guys. We've always been uh, big fans of theirs. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't on purpose, but that's probably, we probably felt that vibe and we're like, yeah, we need to keep this going. Oh, the funny thing is, are you the vocalist? Who's the vocalist? No, I play bass and synths and stuff. Why do we always um, get bass players? We always get know. bass players, bro. Always. We, we got, have the most free time. <laughs> yeah, yo, we just had um, Chris from Anti Flag, who's a fucking bass oh, player. Oh, hell yeah. We yeah. Just had, dude, everybody we get is a bass player. I don't know. Maybe you guys just have the best personality. Our bass player is a Probably, giant yeah. goon. He's not going to come on here and talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to make up for it somehow. What I was going to say was, you guys reminded me a lot vocally and delivery-wise of the Dirty Heads. And Duddy B is a friend of the program. He's, a, he's been, on, been on before. And that is a fucking high compliment. So to be able to blend the fucking KG Elephant world, the reggae world, and the Duddy B kind of rapping style and, and Jared and all them, that's fucking so dope. Yeah, man. I mean, like, we started out, like I said, just straight up like a hip-hop band. We just wanted to do that. So all our stuff was, like, more... Like we would cover like old funk bands like the meters and have our singer just rap whatever over it and like and stuff like that. And so once we kind of got more in the scene, it just became that own thing. And like we used to open up for the dirty heads way back in the day when they would bring like a hundred people and we would mm. bring all of our drunk high school friends over and they were like, All right, ask that band again because they bring a hundred drunk asshole kids to the show. And then we kept doing that. And then like, you know, four years later, they have us open up for them at Red Rocks twice and shit. So We've, uh, we've gotten a lot of like, just being in that scene, we've been able to experience a lot of different things. I don't think we would have if we were starting out in a different scene. They're such good dudes too. They're fucking great guys, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. They're the best. I mean, looking at it though. So you guys have been around since 07. You've been kicking around since 07. And to kind of have things really, really, really moving in that right direction. You got the Spotify playlist. You got press now. Like, do you feel like the past year has been good for you guys in a weird way? Like a lot of people I feel like I've been talking to, like have really utilized the past year to their advantage. Oh dude, 100% I do. Um, you know, there's no, like, you know what it's like, like you're touring all the time. We're burning ourselves out so hard. Like we, on that tour that we were about to start, our tour manager quit like the month beforehand. And it was like, I was going to be tour managing it. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. We're setting up our own lights and all this crazy shit. And like, we're going out and it gets canceled after the second date. And we're like, okay, like, good. Like, honestly, it felt, we were just like, this is going to be too much. Um, So, I mean, there's never, ever been a time. I don't think there ever will be again where we have a full year to write an album and like really sit on it and like, you know, pick it apart. Our last couple albums, we'll go out to like a cabin and we'll write for two weeks and whatever we write in those two weeks, that's the album. Like we don't have time to like pick and choose and stuff. So we really like utilize this. Like we want to set ourselves up for the best possible scenario once it all comes back and it's working out for us right now. Bro. And not only that, now you actually want to be on the road. You know what I mean? Like now it's like, yeah. I actually miss it. 
yeah i can't i can't wait it was so weird like coming home and then you're like the first time i was home for longer than a month at a time and i was just like i'm going crazy in here like i don't know what to do my wife would be like take out the yo i was just gonna say i don't take out i haven't taken out trash in like (laughs) years just I remember like uh, this is like two, three months into quarantine, my wife being like, this is so nice. Isn't this nice if you just did this all the time? And I could tell like six months in, it was like, hey, do you have something to do? Like you have somewhere yeah. to be? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my fucking God. Yeah, dude. dude it, it was uh, it was definitely like, but then you get past that and then you get used to being at home. But now we're going out on tour. I'm like, I'm super excited, but also like anxious. Like when we were first starting, I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be weird. I'm like, I'm excited. Dude, I'm so glad everybody that we've talked to has been so transparent, and I'm not a fucking lunatic in saying that, like, I do feel weird about going back on the road. I'm excited, but, like, I have to convince, like, we were just in New York for, like, a day last week, and I felt weird being, like, I was like, I don't know how to travel anymore. This is so fucking weird. Right. Yeah, I know. Like, that's why we we did that that Suns halftime thing. It was the first time we played in front of anybody in over a year and it was like 15,000 people. And I was like, this is going to be so weird, but it was like kind of perfect. Cause we got to, it was just like a 15 minute set. You know, you walk out there, you play real quick, you get off. Like we got to like, kind of do a deep dive real quick, dip our toes in and uh, get comfortable. But we're playing some Phoenix shows next week, which is our hometown and they're going to be fucking crazy. So it's going to be, it's going to feel really good. I think the only way it could feel better, honestly, is if you guys are celebrating a championship at the same time. That would That's be true. That would be fucking epic. <laughs> Just do me a yeah. favor and don't go to any Suns events and play any songs. And you guys should be. Yeah, fine. we're done. We're done. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch privately at home. That's it, dude. Uh, I mean, we were talking about this off air, but like you're talking about like that feeling of going and like fifteen thousand people for your first time back. Imagine your first show ever being in front of twenty five thousand people. <laughs> That's what they. Oh, I am so excited. I, I cannot wait to see that because. I just want to see the look on his face before he walks out in front of that many people. Because even if you're doing it a lot, if you haven't been, if you're not doing like a fucking stadium every day, it's, it freaks you out at first. Like we, we did, I think like a 10,000, 12,000 in San Diego with Iration. And like, I remember I was just like, we've done it a bunch of times, like played in front of that many people. But like, right before I went out, I was like, Oh fuck. Like I have anxiety right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. You just go, it's like a rocket, you know? Yo, that is exactly the right way to put it. Because, I mean, we've done giant festivals and shit like that. We've been in front of, like, a ton of people. A lot of outdoor shit. When we did, we did a stadium with Bon Jovi. We opened for Bon Jovi at a stadium with 23,000 people. (laughs) And I walked out on stage, and it was like jumping out of a fucking airplane. Like, it was was a a 25-minute set, and I literally blinked, and it was over. I was like, what? the first time we played Red Rocks was like that, where it was like, we were so excited that I honestly don't even remember playing it because it was just like, like I walked out there and did it and blacked out. Like I literally just couldn't remember anything. Cause I was just so happy. Like just looking off in this place, like, you know, we grew up watching those incubus, you know, live from Red Rocks videos and stuff. And it was just like, so surreal. And like, we got to play it the year later again with dirty heads again. And like that time I really like was able to soak it in. Cause you really had just, takes over like your body just your full muscle memory you're out there and you're just like experiencing so much crazy shit at the same time i think it's such bullshit that they put me on stage five minutes after meeting bon jovi like getting to shake bon jovi's hand and then i gotta be like all right bye john <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i gotta go do this now bye but, john jesus that's funny man all right so you guys just dropped the new album uh throw me some tour dates let everybody know where, where they can see you yeah we're doing just quick like one off weekend warrior type shit 
Um, so we're doing Phoenix, Arizona for two nights this coming weekend. Um, we have three dates in Colorado. We just added a second night to one of the shows um, in August here. And then we're also doing about four shows in California. And you can find those dates at catastrophemusic.com. Beautiful, man. Ryan, this has been a fucking pleasure. Uh, good luck to the Suns. Stay away from the team. You guys should be yeah. fine. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have you back on soon. All right? We're going to have you back on for a longer interview. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, right, man. Dude, I appreciate it. It was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go into The Way I Feel by Catastro. I just want to let you know Your attitude is fucking whack When I say I love you, though You don't even say I love you back Missed calls on the cell phone It's not like I would keep a track I ain't trying to run the back I ain't having none of that That's just the way I feel And that's just the way I feel, I feel. 